0: Working Blind, sharing the stories of working blind people from across the globe. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Working Blind. I'm here with Justin Yarbrough, who works as an accessibility specialist. Hi, Justin. Thanks for joining me.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: And so you work as an accessibility specialist and a lot of your work is in digital accessibility. So can you kind of explain a bit about what your job involves?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I work for uh, Rio Salado College. It's a community college here in the Phoenix area, and we're almost exclusively online, which is why, like I say, I do digital um, accessibility mainly. A lot of, most of my job is going through material, our course materials when we put out like a new version of a course or something and doing user testing. And I also work with coming up with ideas on how to, like, make things more accessible, maybe like some interactive element or, you know, figuring out what to do with videos, audio, things like that.
0: So your focus is on accessibility in general, so not just access for blind students, I'm guessing, so accessibility for deaf students and things as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, most, a lot of our, fo- my focus is on blind students, but yeah, I try to, we try to aim for making it accessible for everyone we can. We have a uh being online, we have a we have a fairly significant um blind student population.
0: Okay. And how long have you been in this job?
1: I've been working there for a little over two years now. Um I started off part-time and I've been full time for uh, about nine months now.
0: Okay. And um, is this kind of your first job in the accessibility field or have you been working in it before this?
1: This is um, my first job in the field and it's not even really a field I planned on going into. (laughs) I was working um, on my first semester through the college going to get a paralegal degree and um, I was taking a math class that had some serious accessibility issues that was run by a third party vendor they use. So I came in kind of demonstrated the issue a little bit and worked with the teams that I now work for all the time to kind of demonstrate it, work with them on getting it fixed. And then I guess, you know, unknown to me at that time, they were just so impressed with it. They had been looking for a way and, um, they got approval to hire someone part-time to kind of try it out and see if having someone working with them on accessibility would help. And when they got that approval that morning, I got an email basically just asking me if I wanted the job.
0: And I guess my question is, do you like the field now you've gone into it? Is it something that you find interesting to work in?
1: Yeah, it, it it really is. It's something I've developed a passion for you know over the two years of working with it you know i've like i say i've gone through not just that i've developed our own i've worked with the team that develops like our accessibility standards which is based off the wcag standards and um and you know i in just in that process the amount i learned was amazing and i'm I'm just lucky to work with a team that actually you know makes accessibility a priority
0: right you know I mean, it's
1: that makes yeah it's you know it's not like I'm the one guy like in the corner yelling, we have to make everything accessible, and everyone's ignoring me the The people I work with actually care and want to make it accessible it's i'm so lucky I'm so lucky to be work with folks like that.
0: I mean, and what was your education like before that, and kind of job prospects and things like that before this all happened?
1: Um, well i only uh I only had a high school and I had like one semester of college before losing my sight and as part of our the voc rehab process here in Arizona, I'd gone through and done done my comp my comprehensive rehab program through um, the Foundation for Blind Children, which is a local organization here um that despite their name it started out like as a group that just worked with children in the area but then they expanded to work with all ages and the name stuck um and then as part of that also they paid for the state was paying for everything for my paralegal degree which i did wind up getting um i I do still have that degree i do have that degree i just and I um just don't use it because I'm, you know, the, as I, as I say, the universe had different plans.
0: So that must have been kind of an adjustment, obviously losing your vision after one semester of college. And how did you find that whole process? I mean, if that's something you're comfortable talking about on this.
1: Well, I mean, I'd taken the one semester and then I'd, I'd I, I dropped out. It was, I didn't lose my vision until my late twenties. Um, I was, um, I had been at that point, I, let's see, I moved out to Arizona in 2010 from Texas, where I grew up outside of Houston. And uh, from then, i had been working at a call center here do, that did uh, tech support. Um, worked my up, way up from being an agent up to their workforce management desk, managing staffing levels and stuff like that. And uh, that was when my, vision deteriorated to the point i just couldn't do it anymore because staring at spreadsheets and reports and all that i just you know i just couldn't do it anymore um you know the adjustment was tough it was it sounds like it went a lot smoother for me than most people but you know that was you know i i credit two things for that one the I have that. I'm one of those people that has that stubborn. You know, you tell me I can't do something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna move heaven and earth to prove you wrong, because I'm just that stubborn, I guess. And um, the other is my wife just was like, you know, it pushing me, encouraging me that whole time.
0: Well, that's really important, you know, to have people around you who kind of do push you to get through it, even though it's obviously going to be a difficult yeah. process. Like it's never going to be easy. Yeah. But
1: yeah, it was it was really hard, but we we managed to push through it, and we're a lot stronger for it. So
0: yeah. And did you ever expect, when you lost your vision, I guess, to work in a field relating to having a disability? Because I mean, you're working in the accessibility field now. Was that something you thought would happen, or did you just imagine you would go back to? Well, I guess you did your paralegal training. So
1: yeah i I thought I thought I'd be working in the law office doing. <laughs> You know,
0: classic blind job.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Working in a well, I mean, there are a lot of blind lawyers out there. There are, yeah, and <laughs> I, I know, you know, at least one other person that's a paralegal that's blind I've met. Um, it's not a, you know, it's so the the legal field at least here in the U.S. It's very digital. You know, like you do all all your filings digitally now. Um, in most places, you um. You know, the research is online um, and it's, you know, generally at least the research systems I've played with are fairly, very accessible. So, yeah, it's definitely not what I thought I'd be doing. I really thought I was like, okay, I'm just going to be the the blind guy in the law office, you know, doing intakes, writing up stuff and sending it to the lawyer to approve. Um, I, it's definitely not where I saw myself being, but it worked out.
0: And do you think being blind when you're working in accessibility, do you think because you're also a user of assistive technology, it gives you a better understanding of what to look for?
1: Yeah, I, I would definitely say so. It's, <coughs> excuse me, it's, um, you know, I have that perspective, like, you know, my coworkers would say that, you know they try to test things out running through like in NVDA or something but they they don't have the experience using it that I would so they don't really understand what you know like why you know how to i guess like maybe properly you know what how a label would work or you know the heading structure you know on a web page or a lot of stuff like that and how it how it translates cuz they're you know, they're looking at it on the, you know, they might have NVDA or whatever reading it to them, but they're not, they're also looking at it. So they're, you know, kind of, they're looking at it a lot and using their mouse where they can, because that's what they're used to. And, you know, it's, you know, it's definitely a uh, perspective, you know, there's a lot of, you know, probably at least once or twice a week, there's a lot of, I get an IM and say, Hey, can you look at this real quick? And I'm like, okay. And then just call them, come over to my desk, unplug my earbuds, and I kind of take them through. And like, okay, this is how Jaws treats this.
0: And you don't work directly with students, right? Or do you? If students have accessibility, yeah. um,
1: I, I do not. But I, my team will uh, works with the. Uh, the DRS office, our disability services office when, when we need to on things like um, we have a student taking another math class right now. We're working to get the midterm and the final and everything more accessible for her.
0: Okay. That's cool. Um, so you might cooperate you know, we, with other departments.
1: Yeah. We work with other departments. I'll work with like faculty, you know, like department chairs or anything you know, things like that. Like one project I think of last year is we had um, the, for me, a way we kind of look at it, like one of the, the hardest classes to make accessible are science classes because they're so visual in nature. And we had a, uh, last summer, we had a blind student blind student take a somewhat advanced biology class. And we put, you know, we, we got at work we did amazing amazing work with it it was just tons and tons of work but you know she got she got through the class she i believe she got an a um you know so in a in a class that has a i was told by the uh, faculty chair gets an alarmingly high fail rate from just normal students, like it, it's it's one that was geared towards um medical like people going into the medical field. And I guess like non people going into medical field, it's like forty percent of them fail it. Oh gosh. Yeah. And,
0: right. Yeah, okay. and she
1: got an A, so
0: And do you see yourself continuing to work in the accessibility field now you're in it?
1: Yeah, I I love it. It's it's something different every day. It's you know, the 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 fun part to me is the challenges of us going, Hey, we've got this, let's figure out how to make it work. And we're going through a ton of that right now because we're moving to a new system for the system we're building our courses and web pages and all that stuff in. And we're so we're doing a there's a lot of working through those little challenges and um all that kind of stuff right now figuring out the best way to do things yeah and that just that's the fun part to me
0: that's really cool that you kind of found a career that that you've ended up really really loving without kind of meaning to
1: (laughs) yeah yeah the i i the the career i backed into
0: yeah (laughs) i think sometimes that can happen you know when you're not looking for a career, you just find something that was really good, and um, and when you lost your vision, did you know kind of about the employment statistics for blind people, or did you not know what was going on? In I had
1: I had no idea.
0: Are you I, glad?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of glad I did because was just like that you know I, I probably felt like I'd been punched in the gut enough just from losing my sight. It's like to know, so to know, oh God, only a quarter of blind people are employed no, this is going to be a lot harder than I thought. Um, Yeah, I didn't know that until I was, I don't think I knew that until I was actually in my comp rehab program. And well, ignorance is bliss sometimes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely less worry for sure if you don't know. And did you, after you knew about that, did you kind of worry about getting a job when you were in college and things like that when you were planning to go back? Was it something you were concerned about?
1: I, you know, I knew like when, you know, it would be a challenge when I come out when I came out when I finished my degree to convince some law office to go. Oh, hey, we should let's take a chance on this blind guy. I, I knew it would be hard. I kind of thought about. Part of my plan was, you know, once I'd graduated, I would start doing some. Um, I wanted to do some volunteer work with the um Arizona Disability Disability Law Center, which is it's a pro bono group that works with that kind of stuff. I was like, that will at least help me get my name out there, get me exposed some to um to lawyers and such that, you know, work with work with the group. And um, yeah, I thought it would be a great way to get my name out there at least. Um But, you know, I, you know, I told um, a long time, you know, before I was working, um, yeah, with the college part time, I told them, if y'all can make me, if y'all can make me full time, I will stick around. And they got the okay to create the full time position right about the time I graduated. So that's
0: amazing. Yeah. That's like the most perfect timing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it really was. It was, I finished my degree the end of. June last year and I think it was early July when they pulled me in and said you know we got the okay to do it and then I had actually still because it's because it's a government entity I work for I had to actually still apply for it and go through the interview process and all that stuff but you know it was but you know it was like it's going to be you know we unless something really surprising comes up, it's going to be you. So, you know, I, I wasn't really, I wasn't really worried about it.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, did you connect with other blind people as well when you were losing your vision and kind of, you know, find out about what other blind people were doing? Or did you just kind of try and go through it on your own in that sense?
1: I was really on my own for a long time. It was, you know, I'd gone through, like I say, where I did my Comp rehab there was a lot of um you know I was there with other other blind people going through the same type of program, but really outside of that, I wasn't really involved in the blindness community because it was I didn't really at that time I kind of looked as like I'm just a normal guy, I just happened to be blind, I didn't really have any association with it or anything, and I was perfectly fine that way that's what. What changed that for me, I think, was partially um, when I went and got my guide dog about a year and a half ago and, you know, three and a half weeks at the Seeing Eye in New Jersey with, you know, a class of 17, 18 other blind people, I think, in my training class. You know, I, you know, hanging out with them all the time and then that was about the time on Twitter I kind of started to fall into the blindness community there and was like, Oh my God, these people are amazing. Um, yeah. You know, I think it all um, happened when, uh, you know, I'm, I think, I think I was actually at the seeing eye and I go look in my Twitter notifications and I see, um, you know, you know, her Dr. Amy Kavanaugh yeah. followed me on Twitter. I'm like, Oh, I'll, okay, sure. She seems interesting. And then I kind of glued into the community from there. And
0: yeah, you kind of got right into the middle of it. There.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, um, I was like, well, this kind of changes a lot. Um, you know, and, you know, I like say, I, she is an amazing woman. I absolutely adore her. Um, we've, you know, we, like I say, I was on vacation recently and we actually flew into London and stayed there a night just to go hang out with her and uh, her boyfriend. So,
0: yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I think you know, you meet these communities of people, and it's like it can be very hard when you're blind and live in a town where there may be other blind people, but you might have nothing in common with them besides blindness. You know, it's some there's a lot of blind people are elderly just because that's what tends to happen when you get older, you lose your vision and things. So, it's like you might not have a community. Then when you can go online and connect with people, it's like you really build up a community of people who are actually far more like-minded maybe than people you met offline.
1: Exactly. The only other experience really before I'd had with someone who's blind is actually my mother-in-law, my wife's mom. She lost her, she's in her eighties. She lost her um, vision, I'd say probably 30 some years ago she started losing it for macular degeneration and but that was the only experience I'd ever had with a blind person before
0: yeah I mean and, and that's such a different process you know it's like
1: yeah and you know she lost it and started losing hers in her you know 50s or 60s or something like that you, um, you know that like I say that was only ever experience I'd had with it so and that probably also helped some with my transition because like my wife had been through it with her mom and right so know. she'd
0: already kind of done it once she'd done it kind diff- of
1: done it once yeah, yeah. um you yeah, know when my and yeah, i don't know how much my mom my wife was around with it in the time because her mom was still i think living in la and my mom my wife was in wyoming
0: and i mean you know with your job now so you're working in digital accessibility and stuff like that and what kind of adaptations do you find you need in your job to do it
1: um it's all I mean the the funny thing is the adaptations I need are almost generally it's stuff that it's all the stuff our students would be using anyway you know the I have you know I'm running I'm running JAWS I don't have enough I don't have enough vision left to use a magnification software. It doesn't, it just doesn't work for me. Um, Cause I, I, I have some light perception, but that's about it at this point. Um, <clears throat> you know, that's the big, the one big adaptation for me, the one, the other one I would say for me is, and it's, Something our students would have, at least if they're attending, you know, in-person classes anyway, is instead of having just a desktop computer at my desk like all my coworkers, I actually have a laptop. So, like, I can take it into meetings and take notes and all that kind of stuff. That's kind of the only real other accommodation, I, I guess. I would say that I have, and uh, I, I mean. I guess you could say, like, I, you know, I, my desk is arranged a little differently just to give space for my guide dog. But that's, you know, like one of the, the cabinet. Yeah. The cabinet that my drawer, the, the cabinet with the drawers, I, like to the right of me is just moved over a little further than where they nor- it normally would be. So there's space for his, his tie down and the, and his dog bed that he has there. The, uh, you know, like I joke that it is so hard for me to sit there and work while I'll just hear him laying down there snoring.
0: <laughs> it is mine. Mine is always falling asleep in class, and it's just like, well, like with the head on my foot, <sighs> using my foot as a headrest.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, or or meetings, or you know, anything like he's he just plops down and goes to sleep, yeah. and it's like. Oh, I wish I could do that.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for agreeing to come on and kind of talk about your job and you know how you got there and things like that. I really appreciate you sharing that with us.
1: Oh, oh you're welcome.
0: Thanks for listening to Working Blind. If you like the podcast, please subscribe. For more of my advocacy initiatives, including my blog, visit my website http colon slash slash com. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Catch These Words. That's C-A-T-C-H-T-H-E-S-E-W-O-R-D-S. If you have any comments or feedback, please email me holly at catchthesewords.com.